Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my good friend Josh. Mate, what's going on? Uh, not a lot, mate. Uh, it's a cold one today. Again, I think it's every time we talk, it's a cold one. <laughs> that the um, yeah, it must be the Tuesdays. Something to do with the weather pattern. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, no, it's uh, it's good. Everything's good. Being back into my gym. Um, you know, making the most of the warm weather when it's around. So what about yourself, mate? How's things? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, just ticking along. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ticking along and not, uh, probably not as... Uh, you look like you're doing some interesting stuff at the moment. I've seen these pictures of the van you're kitting out and cutting holes in the roof and putting in sunroofs and... Um, or skylights, I should say. Was it a skylight or a fan? Yeah, it was like Good an stuff. exhaust fan. Yeah. Very clever. Mate, Very handy. The, it doesn't feel right when you're cutting a big, like, 14 by 14 inch square hole in the uh, roof. Um, and then, don't want to stuff yeah, it up. It, 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 it did, it worked though. It worked. Um, however, I'm pretty sure my silicon job got rained on a little bit. So I might have to re attack that. <laughs> I was going to say, is it, is it waterproof? Well, it, it, it seems to be so far. Like, we had a, a very good, you know, 24 to 36 hours of. You know, con- not cons- well. It's consistent rain, but big patches of heaviness, and unfortunately, uh, I found that there is a bit of a leak at the back, and um, that got under my floor. So I had to pull half the floor up and and pull some of the insulation out and re-insulate already. So um, that's my first job now that it's sunny. But um, yeah, it seemed the uh, the exhaust fan was uh, waterproof, but it looks like this uh, the silicon <laughs> is. Um, not not holding up too well so probably gonna have to pull it off and do it again <laughs> uh, are you getting a kitchen in there mate or what are you are you gonna do a little pull out kitchen of like sort of a outdoor kitchen type arrangement yeah yeah we're gonna keep it real basic because it's not a full-time camper van it's it's a bit of, of a mix of a like a my partner's work van um plus you know we want to be able to take away for weekends so probably just be like a little pull out very simple like little gas cooker gas kind of thing yeah yeah, no kitchen, um, no no running water. It'll just be a weekend getaway thing. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good yeah. stuff, mate. That sounds sounds good. Yeah, it's it's been fun watching you on Instagram. Oh, um, good, good. Man, yeah, keep it up, um, mate. We're going to talk about a couple of things today. A bit of a mishmash, really. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about we were just talking about portfolios just before on off the call, and you know, um what what we you know i guess having a revisit of our our stocks and shares and what we're sort of uh exposed to and you know and what's what's the next couple of years might look like there's i guess talk of um there's been i mean 2022 has been pretty hard but if you look at the um the asx i think it's actually up from the beginning of the year or at least even so after all that you know horrible you know you know, declines and um, sell-offs and stuff. I think the ASX is pretty pretty even across the year. I don't know the exact price at the moment, but um, I think, you know, if you read and listen widely, there's a fair bit of talk about maybe 2023 might be a bit difficult. We have the lagging um, indicators of, I guess, jobs, you know, and, and employment rates uh, often is one of the last signs that, uh, you know, recession is, is in and coming in. And, you know, we, we're looking at potentially, we haven't really seen too much of it yet, but earnings declines. So, I mean, what's that going to do for PEs and, and valuations of companies? 
And then we were sort of discussing, you know, a little bit of gold, weren't we? Sort of off off air there. Um, gold shares and, is, you know, is it better to hold gold or is it better to hold the actual miners? Um, but, mate, what are your thoughts on the commodities? And I guess you were talking a little bit about energy, this potential energy crisis here in Europe next year um, and, and some energy stocks or energy plays that might might be available. Yeah, yeah. Well, like reading up, like I was saying, not enough to even have an opinion on, but I'll, I'll share it anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think... Uh, the looks like there's a potential gas shortage like there already is, is but they're talking about you know a gas crisis across europe um you know next year and it's already they're already basically on on uh rations of gas you know in countries like germany and stuff like that so um yeah what does that mean for gas price we obviously know there's a whole lot of demand and not enough supply in 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 general in any investment vehicle that is a price gainer so um it'd be interesting you know a play on like do you look at gas companies do you take that bet on um them being able to sell gas at a lot higher price you know is that a an offset to potential downside of say like retail sectors and 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 recession and and what that means for people spending and so forth but like <laughs> does does the uh does the fed come out and decide that they're going to print more cash like you just you don't know right like that's another massive offset but i don't think they can with inflation running so high but then yeah there's so much going yeah, on I, I don't know it just makes my head spin when i think about all that kind of stuff so but you know like look at warren buffett you know you were saying he's been buying so much amounts of like uh petroleum companies and so forth and he's mm. very bullish energy um you know he's clearly got experience and he's he's putting that experience to uh work so is it something you know we could look at in in terms of like buying these companies we talked about gold as well and how gold usually does well in high inflation but yet the us dollar has done really well recently which means gold's not going to but then you know i think more recently the us dollar is slightly starting to come down so does that mean that we will see gold and silver and I don't even, I don't know about Bitcoin. I don't know. We haven't seen enough of Bitcoin to see what it's going to do yet. But like, mm. you know, does that mean that they're going to go up? But then do you buy the actual commodity itself or do you buy the company that produces commodity because they actually produce cash, which is, you know, what we look at as an investment. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I guess if you listen to Rich Dad, Boy Dad, I mean, he's he's very, um, he, he loves gold and silver and he does, I mean, he does, he's, he sort of widely, says that he holds bitcoin but i think he got in very very early he wouldn't be buying i think currently and i think he's been on record saying that but he's been buying gold and silver for for eons um i have not i don't hold any gold i do hold some uh, a gold miner i just thought that was a better play like you said they are an asset producing you know they've got cash flow you're getting dividends um they have had a pretty you know the gold miners have had a pretty bad run across this year. And so you, you got to understand I'm not big in resources typically in commodities because it, it's very cyclical in nature. It's hard to predict earnings and so forth. But if you are going to buy them, you typically try and get them when they're low and, you know, abused and unliked. And like coal was a couple of years ago, we discussed coal. Uh, it was, you know, like a, a Whitehaven coal here in Australia was below a dollar. And, you know, in the course of a year, hit sort of seven, eight dollars. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, I, I tend to lean towards holding the actual company. Um, 
And gold, like you said, during higher inflation across history has gone up, but this, you know, it hasn't. You know, every asset class has gone down bar the US dollar. And I think as the US dollar, if it turns and and it will, at some point we might start to see a bit more of a normal um, gold increase. And if if we do see that, the gold miners will start to come into play a little bit. And when they're making money, you know, dividends increase as well. So it's potentially not a bad play. I know you don't hold, you don't hold any gold or any precious metals. No, no, not. You you don't have any exposure to them at the moment. I don't have any exposure at all, which which makes me, you know, think is it is it a time where I should start looking to have exposure in my own portfolio? So, um, and you know, given the massive price movements in in most, I guess, looking in the US especially, in, in most businesses, like they're just nuts how they're moving a couple percent a day. You know, maybe it's a maybe it's an options play if we want to be a bit more risky. But maybe, like you said, it's a good long term or medium term play. You know, if the US dollar starts to drop a bit and and these these commodities start to go up in price. But yeah, like looking over, you know, I think Barrick Gold's one of the biggest um, players in the US. Um, you know, they're sitting at 2019 prices. So, you know, what's the name of that company, mate? Barrick Gold Corp. Okay. So, um, you know, they they got upwards of thirty dollars a share um, in twenty twenty after the after the COVID, um, you know, little mishap there. Um, but yeah, they they went bucketing up after that, and now yeah, right, they're right back down to sixteen dollars a share, um, which they were at previously in, in uh, twenty nineteen. I mean, that doesn't really fit. I mean, if I'm looking at the um, spot gold price here now in 2019, uh, this is US, it was around $1,200 $1, an ounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently gold sitting at 17.88 an ounce. So that doesn't really fit, really. If their share price back in 2019, there may be a bit of a price mismatch. I mean, do you know much about this company in terms of- No, no, uh, I've heard, I've heard like Phil Town talk about Barrick a little bit. And that's the only reason I know the name. Um, you know, they've Is got it a Barrick or Barrick? Barrick. So they've got a thirty Barrick. billion dollar market cap. So they're not a little company either. Um but yeah, like okay. they've they've been on a, a basically a big downtrend from mid twenty twenty to the start of twenty twenty two where they had a bit of an uptrend and now they're on a big downtrend again. So um yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, but they don't they don't actually do dividends according to uh what I'm reading here. So you know, we were talking about dividends and maybe the, you know, the next year or two, if it is going to be a difficult economic period, you know, where dividend com- dividend paying companies, good dividend paying companies, not, not good dividends, but actually good companies that pay dividends mm. might be a, a good kind of uh, play for your portfolio here. Yeah. And, and I mean, trimming potentially some more high risk plays, Specky stocks, specky tech, specky mining, all that sort of stuff. Uh, again, anyone's guess. Anyone, um, like you said, that the U.S. government could turn around and start printing again. I don't think that's going to happen. And according, really, what um, what's his name, Powell's been saying, that doesn't really fit with that. Uh, I guess hypothesis. And we've got some good economic data coming out later this week. We've got the inflation read, which will be big. And we also have the Fed meeting, which will be big as also in terms of, um, I guess, where the stock market starts to to go. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's very interesting. The precious metals. I know um, Robert Kiyosaki, even not that long ago on his podcast, was saying that silver was one of the most undervalued, um, I guess, areas in in the market in the world. You know, stocks, um, real estate. You know, he was saying silver very undervalued. Um, it's in Australia here. It's quite hard to get a get a a play on silver other than just buying the the um, bullion, you know, the the bars and the coins and stuff to get a run at, I guess, silver through a actual company is a little bit hard. Um, this South Thirty Two here in Australia that you can do, but that's it's a a uh, declining silver mine here in Queensland is is their play on that. There is. Other specific silver companies here in Australia, and I've researched this a little bit, none of them are really, uh, I guess, producing um, cash flow at the moment. So it wouldn't be a legacy investing type company of ours. It would be certainly in the risky portfolio um, side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, there's probably a few there that you can put on your watch list and have a bit of a look at in terms of a silver play. You probably know, the. Do, is there any big silver plays in America, mate, that you're aware of or not something you've researched yet? Not something I've researched yet. Um, I know you can like there, there's ETFs and all this stuff, right? Too like you can yeah, buy gold yeah. ETFs, silver ETFs, which gives you. Um, I'm not sure whether it's like a direct holding of the the commodity. I'm not sure if it's the companies that um, make up that industry or whether it's both. But you know, they're they're simple ways to get exposure. Um, and I know like you can trade options on the ETFs as well. So it's not it's not small traded kind of thing. It's big time, you know, big money, institution money goes into them. So it's not, you know, you got those options as well moving forward if it's something you're looking at. But I think most of that's heavy US based as well. Mm. On the Australian Stock Exchange, you've got an ETF, Global X Physical Gold. Uh, I believe, don't quote me on this, uh, on their website, they do hold the physical um silver mm-hmm. but i think again i don't know much about this but you know there's a lot of um talk around how the you know it's paper and you know they can just print stuff and um yeah you know, it's all that sort of stuff. so you have to look into the actual etf and what they're actually holding but again you're not getting dividends from that it's just a pure play on the um silver price the, the precious metal itself um I, I think my personal inclination is to go for the companies um yeah and warren buffett's the same right he 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 invests in companies for the cash that the companies spit off and and precious metals don't spit off cash but the companies that produce precious metals do so you know i i think you're this is my opinion i think you're on the right ball in terms of buying the company not the actual asset so well if you look at buffett's actually a huge huge silver player yeah yeah give it give it a google um Buffett holds large quantities of, I don't know if it's silver or silver companies. So again, probably could do a quick uh, Google search. Yeah, but, sure. um, yeah he, he's big on silver. And silver actually, in terms of uh, practicality, has a bit more practical use than gold itself. Gold's obviously a precious, precious metal. Um, it doesn't do much, sits around. You can make jewelry and so forth. But silver is yeah. used in a lot of medical um areas there's a lot more use case for silver than gold itself so it's an interesting one to actually dabble in and have a bit of research around um yeah it's a really i think it's a good one to put on your list over the next short while 
research and have a, have a bit of a like upskill in in what silver's used for and yeah uh, and it's, it's just definitely because it all comes down to supply and demand again right and that's you got to know where where it's used you know how much supply is available and and all that information to kind of come up to a hypothesis of of why but it does say here um Warren Warren Buffett does not invest in gold. He has invested almost one billion in silver. Um, yeah. So yep. I don't know how new or old that is either. Like, there's a few reports back in 2020 saying Warren Buffett bought three thousand five hundred tons of silver. Mm. <laughs> mm. That was 1997, though, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He probably doesn't have to disclose those types of things. Actual um, precious metals and so forth. No. No. No, it's, it's an interesting cool, one. I think I think there's a I think there's some, you know, time and effort to go into reading there, and and you know, I I don't know. Like, I feel like history repeats itself most of the time, or if it doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. And mm. um, you know, like you got people like Ray Dalio who's done this six hundred years of research, and and you know, really good a really good thing for people to look up. I would absolutely recommend this is um, looking up, reading up on his all weather portfolio. Cause he has, he has published quite a few things about it and it's an all weather portfolio based on like every economic, um, every economic environment. It's based around, uh, you know, high inflation, high GDP. Uh, so high inflation and, you know, increasing GDP, high inflation and it decreasing GDP, and then the exact opposite, uh, deflation, high GDP, deflation, low yeah, GDP. Yeah. Um, and basically what assets do good in those environments. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really good one to read up on. And that's how we could essentially grow our understanding of this environment. Because I guess we're in that high inflation, um, decreasing GDP environment. And what mm. does that mean for commodities? What does that mean for stocks? And I'm, I, don't quote me on this because I, I really should read up on it again. But like, pretty sure this this environment means that you know bonds are bad. It means that um, uh, stocks are bad. Uh, however, commodities generally do better, and and so forth. So, um, but we haven't seen that yet, right? So we'll see. <laughs> so it's a good area for us to. I guess research over the coming months is the commodity. And again, I have not been in it. It's been a don't touch for me for uh, basically my whole investing. I've, I've dabbled in a few mining stuff and got burnt, as you always do when you first start to get in, into yeah. the shares. You, you speculate mining play and you're like, it's going to go to the moon. Um, but I think, yeah, in this current macro environment, you know, food's important, you know, energy's important, you know, commodities important, you know, Coals, like we were talking about, the world can't just get rid of coal. It's it's too heavily reliant on coal at the moment. There are clean ways to mine it and and use it that you often don't hear about. So I think coal's still around for many many years to come. And that the shares have run really hard here in Australia, the coal shares. But there's still there's still maybe some value. There's a there's an expert that I often listen to. Um, from intelligent investor here in Australia, and he is he is bullish on coal, and in fact, the majority of his portfolio is in coal at the moment, um, okay. and has gone on record saying he would still be buying coal um, even at the current prices. So they're printing money at the moment. Their dividends are insane, and and 
probably, you know, maybe it's a, not a bad way of looking at the energy crisis in that, you know, coal's just, you know, a great way to, um, you know, create energy. And, we, you know, in Australia here, we just, we are, we have so much coal coming out of the ground. Um, mm. We've got so much of it. Uh, yeah, so I think we're one of the most uh, mineral rich or like, you know, energy rich countries in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's probably good companies here in Australia. Yeah. Definitely worth looking into, right? And potentially with the US dollar going down, I mean, it, it will be really interesting. Um, it'll it provide more value for for the Australian shares, those, mm. those uh, resource shares. Definitely. Um, yeah. Good one, mate. Anything else to add? No, yeah, that, that was good. That was a Europe good little and... conversation. I learn everything when we. I, I learn every time we have these conversations, man. So, I, I appreciate your knowledge in these sectors that I don't have as much knowledge about. So, good stuff. We're we're going to tackle dividend reinvestments, but um, dividend reinvestment plans and so forth. But I think we've um, run out of time. We might we might do that one next time. Whether it's better to keep the dividends or reinvest them and buy more shares. Um, mm. What's what's the right thing to do? Probably not a right or wrong answer, but good to understand why you would do both. So Definitely. we might do that in a subsequent, uh, subsequent podcast. Look forward to that one, mate. Thanks, mate. Well, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, mate. Look, look forward to it, mate. Have a good one. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial